Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. The book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, chapter 5. I'm going to try to finish up where we left off a um, week before last. We entered into revival. And I don't know about y'all, but I think that was after the years of, of doing what I call revival chasing, that was one of the most amazing revivals that I had a, a part of in a long, long time. Um, God moved, lives were changed, hearts were changed. Amen. And, and, and fire was started. A fire was started inside people's hearts. It was started inside their lives. It was started inside their homes and even inside their walk. But this morning I want to talk about what we got to do to keep that fire burning. There's something unique about keeping a fire burning. You got to add some fuel to it. Amen. You got to add the right elements to it. And remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that fire triangle, those three elements of fire. You got to have fuel. You've got to have oxygen and you've got to have a fire load in order for fire to burn. This morning, I want to tell you that the biggest majority of what to keep your fire burning will be walking in love. Now, let's talk about that for a moment. We talk about being in love. What is love? We look in, in the Word of God in Second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says what? Out of all of these things, love is the greatest. Charity is the greatest gift. Out of everything we know as people, one of the most phrases that is used often is what? I love you. You know, when we think about being in love, we we gotta gotta take into consideration a few things. Miss Debbie, you know, I remember when when I realized I was in love with Carrie. I couldn't help but think about her all the time. I couldn't help but talk about her all the time. I still do. I think about her all the time. I, I talk about her all the time. And, and I'm excited to get off of work and get home to her and the kids. I'm excited. Why? Because I'm in love with her. But if I was in love with the idea of Carrie, catch me here, if I was just in love with the idea of Carrie, I wouldn't be excited. I wouldn't think about her all the time. Follow me? I, I would just be going through the motions. Man, you know, it's great. You know, I'm going home. So my question is, if you remember right, a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was the last night of revival, and I had heard that all week, and I, I've just I've heard it in my heart as even as I've studied this week. Are you in love with Jesus, or are you in love with the idea of Jesus? See, when we're in love with Jesus, we're excited about Jesus. We're excited to share Jesus. Everybody shares Jesus differently. Some people share Jesus in their daily walk. Some people share Jesus by literally sharing their faith. Some people demonstrate the love of Jesus by being the hands and feet of Jesus. But my question to you this morning is this. Are you in love with Jesus or are you in love with the idea of Jesus? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 simply says this. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Wow. Be ye therefore followers 
of God as dear children. This morning as I watched in the, the children's summer, all of those kids, they flocked. And even before Miss Christie got here, I watched as they all wanted to sit, catch this, where she sits. They was ready to imitate Miss Christie. They was ready to be like Miss Christie. Catch this, y'all. It's unique. I've seen something this morning that I've 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 seen a, a thousand times in the past almost year now. They was all excited to be here at her feet, and she's like, "Here, look, you know, this, this is this is not your worth. Your worth comes from who? Jesus. Your worth is in the power and the love and the anointing of the cross. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Look, until we come to love Him like children love their mother and father, like children love their grandparents, until we fall in love with Him that way, we're missing it. Unless you have the faith as a child. Do you know how much faith a child has? I have said when I... I I was watching Abby when she was younger. And Carrie even has the video. That kid would literally talk to air. Listen to me, church. They will literally set out in the front yard with no one around. And you think, well, that's because they have an imagination. But if you listen to their conversation, if you listen to what a child is saying, they're not just having conversation, they're talking to Abba Father. The faith of a child. Well, Tom, you don't know that, you can't really say that. Yes, I can, because when you, when you listen to a child pray one of the most innocent prayers that jerks your heart, you know that their faith is stronger than yours. We have all kinds of faith in the world. We, we, we have all this faith that says, you know what? I can, I can go out here right now. I can get in Carrie's car and I can push that button and I know it's going to start. I've got faith in that car, Dale. I know it's going to start. I have faith in this stool. I can sit on it and it's going to hold me up. I've got faith in it. But when you put that faith into action, it's sitting down on it to see if it's going to hold you up. Going out there on that parking lot and pushing that button to see if it's going to start. That's when faith comes into action. We want to be, we want to be followers of God. We have to have the mindset of a child. I'm not saying act childish. Okay, follow me here. I'm not saying, you know, God didn't give me my way, so I'm going to fall on the floor and throw a temper tantrum. Doesn't work that way. Even though we do it, I remember Tim as as I was praying years ago, and and I, I wanted to just be able to to get through what I was going through, and I wanted the next step. I wanted to advance into that next season pretty quickly, pretty rapidly, like the young tiger. I wanted that meat right then, and man, I was praying and I was praying and I was praying, and it didn't happen, and I was so mad. I didn't pray for a week. I told him, I said, I ain't talking to you right now. Like a child. Dale, that's what I said. I said, I ain't praying to you right now. I ain't talking to you right now. You let me down, Lord. But the blessing that came after that was better than what I prayed for. Amen? 
then it was at that moment I realized, you know what? When we become followers of God as dear children, as we, we realize that we have to have that faith of a child and we have to step into the reality of that, something changes. But it doesn't stop there. In verse 2 it says, "...and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and hath given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling Savior." Hold on a minute. Catch that? And walk in love? Well, you know, He's telling us you know, to love everybody and walk in love. And, and that way, while we're walking in love, we're loving people right where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. But it's at the moment that we realize something changes. Something unique happens. We have to be in love with Him. See, we can be in love with the idea of Jesus all day long. Catch that. We can, look, I, man, I'm in love. Catch this, Mason. I'm in love with the idea of having a steak for lunch. Amen? But the reality of me having a steak for lunch versus a bologna sandwich is slim to none. Amen? See, we miss it so much, man. We, we think because we have these ideas and I'm in love with these things that we're just in love with the idea of them. We're in love with the idea of electricity. We love electricity, amen? We love having electricity. We love having lights in the house. We love being able to walk in and just flip a switch and there it is. We're in love with the idea of being able to have a vehicle. We're in love with all of these ideas, but we're not having the comprehension because look, listen to me. When you're in love with something, when you're in love with Him, the first thing you think about every morning is Jesus. The, the first thing you think about when your feet hit the floor is Jesus. Amen. Some people say, well, I, I, you can't live that way. That, that's just impossible. You want to bet? Y'all, I, I literally, and I mean this from my whole heart, I have seen people live from a place of all they think about, all they talk about, all they believe, all they breathe. Everything in them is Jesus. Well, Tom, you don't know that. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Listen to me. When you see somebody so overwhelmed with Jesus, it's all about Jesus. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about, about the ideas we have of Jesus. Me and Carrie were having a conversation on the way here this morning, and, and we know so many people that have ideas of Jesus. But the harsh reality is they don't know Jesus. You know, I, I know people who have walked the aisle, grabbed the preacher by the hand, said the prayer, and still don't know Jesus. I know people, listen to me, I know people that walk through the church doors week after week and still don't know Jesus. I'm going to give you another harsh one. I know people who stand behind this sacred desk week after week and preach this gospel and still don't know Jesus. They're in love with the idea of Jesus, but they're not in love with Jesus. Tom, how can you say that? Because if they're in love with the idea of Jesus there are some characteristics that follow. You ready? If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write it down. 
three characteristics that follow people who are in love with the idea of Jesus. If these characteristics fit you this morning, kick that shoe off because it's not meant for you to wear. The first characteristic is them being in love with the idea of Jesus is simply this. Sunday's enough. Sunday is enough. Church on Sunday morning, that's enough for them. That, 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 that fills them. They're living off of yesterday's manna. Could you imagine? And some of y'all are, are kind of like Carrie and I. You make chilies and soups during the winter and you can eat on it for a couple days at a time. Amen? So let's, let's take that out of the equation, okay? But could you imagine living on leftovers? Hear me out here. For three weeks, the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine Dale going to the refrigerator and getting out some cheese and it having mold on it and you just cut the mold out and eat that cheese? Some of y'all are like, well, that's the best part. It is. It really is. But follow me here. And I'm not talking about buttermilk. How many of y'all like buttermilk? I need to pray for y'all. But going to the refrigerator and you grab that jug of milk and you take the lid off and it's rent milk and you still pour it in your cereal and eat your cereal. Who would do that, right? How can you live off of something that's no longer there? Because listen to me, hear this out. Hear me out, hear me out. One of my favorite sayings, hear me out before you put me out. Okay? Think about this for a moment. Why in the world would you think today's message will carry you through the next 60 days? This man is not for, for next week. Amen? What's meant to feed you, what's in front of you right now is meant to feed you today. That's the first characteristic. Is Sunday's enough. Number two. That second characteristic, if you're in love with the idea of Jesus, is simply this. Your prayers are selfish. I don't know your prayer life. I don't know your, your constant renewal in prayer. But if your prayer consists of I, 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 something's wrong. Amen? So much in our life we, we think that we, we, we have to have, we have to have, I, 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 I. It's always about me, mine, ours, this, that. Lord, I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. Number one, Jesus is not a genie. You don't get to rub Him and get three wishes. It doesn't work that way. So often in life, we see people trying to live at the foot of the cross on needs and wants. Why? Look, I have seen people, and there are some things that, that we need in life. Amen? We need a closer walk. We want a closer walk. We need for family members to be healed. We need that. There's nothing wrong for praying for healing. There's nothing wrong with praying for one another and supplication and all that you do. Pray in Thanksgiving. Amen? But there are some things that we miss along the way. Y'all ready for this? Catch this. But when we come to the foot of the cross and we simply pray, Lord, I, I, I need, I need, I need, I want, 
I won't. I won't. We're still living off yesterday's manna. We're living off of a message that might have been preached six weeks ago. We're living off of something that 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 God said, "Hey, I want you to feed this right now. I want you to eat this right now." Maybe you get into your word and the Word of God, and you're reading, and the the verse speaks to your heart. And next thing you know, you're looking at verse six and going, "Man." Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Holy moly macaroni, how did I end up there? Lord, why do I feel like everything I'm doing is wrong? Why is my heart so heavy? Why do I feel like I'm so weighed down? Why is it everywhere I turn? It's simple. You're living off of yesterday's manna. And in the process... In the process, your prayers have become selfish. Number three, the third thing of being in love with the idea of Jesus is simply this. You ready? The only time we invite people to church is for an event. The only time we invite someone to church is for an event. I had a guy ask me the other day. He's actually from over this way. I cannot remember his name. Uh, I think it was the other day. We hadn't been back. I went to the store. I want to say it was the Pepsi guy, maybe at the grocery store. And we kind of got to talking, and he said, man, he seemed like a really great Christian guy. He asked me before I had a chance to ask him, he said, man, where do you go to church at? You go to church anywhere? And I was, I kind of chuckled. I said, yeah, actually, I'm a pastor out at Protemus and Troy, and he said, man, that's crazy. He said, I go to Greater Vision. I said, that's awesome, man. He said, I was going to invite you to church. I said, well, I was actually going to invite you to church. And the next thing out of his mouth is, well, I don't get to go like I want to. And I, I, I understand that. I've had to work on Sundays, amen? I mean, life happens. you got a job, you got to work. He said, you know, I've got to work most of the Sundays. And he said, I hate it, man, but, you know, God provided this job. I prayed for this job. God provided this job. I've got to live in it until He moves me out of this season. What? Hold on a minute. And I did. Right in the middle of the store, I said, say that one more time. He said, I prayed for this job. God provided this job. And I've got to live in it until God moves me out of this season. And I immediately thought about you. Because you and I had that same conversation. And I thought, man, alive! God provided exactly what you pray for. God provides. But you need to know and you need to be content in that season. Amen? You need to be content in that season. It may be uncomfortable. It may be difficult. There may be some things that happen. But I'm going to tell you now, the only time that you invite people to church, if it's only at an event, something is wrong. When we invite people, it shouldn't be because we're having events. Man, that first night of revival, I told Tater, and I'm, I mean, I'm not a numbers guy, but I just kind of wanted to know the crowd. I said, if you can, get me a count. He said, I'll try, which it done started getting dark out there. And I was like, okay. He come back and he told me a number. And I was like, there's no way. And I was like, you sure you counted right? 
And he, of course, being tighter, he said, I hope so. That next night, he comes to me and give me a number. Miss Debbie, that last night when he walked up to me and he said, Brother Tom, I lost count. And I said, well, praise God. I said, it ain't about how many here, how many of them are here. It's about how many people leave this place changed. But I'm going to tell you something, Tim, that blew me for a loop. Is every night at invitation, you'd see people's heart jerked by the Word of God. Look, and, and, and I think Miss Debbie and I have had this conversation. You don't have to come to this altar in order for God to change your life. You don't have to have to come up here and say, you know what, I need you to I, I need I need to come up here and, and, and pray with the preacher for God to change your life. Because I'm gonna tell you something, my life was changed in a pew. Because there was a moment in my life that I realized, you know what, I'm not in love with Jesus, I'm in love with the idea of Jesus. There become a time in my life when I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just in love with the idea of Jesus. I, I'm content in just getting up on Sunday morning and going to church. I have to be fed too. Amen? So the revival did a lot for me. I was excited, humbled. The Lord did a lot of things in my heart. I got to share with Austin a lot of those things. I've shared with Tim a lot of those things God's done in my heart the past couple of weeks. But we're on the way Saturday morning. My wife is an early riser. Amen? She wakes me up at 11.45 Friday night. said, you ready to go? I said, no. Turn the light off. I'm going back to sleep. 12.45, she says, are you ready to go now? I said, you know what? Let's go. I got up and I got my clothes on. We got in the car and we was gone. She done packed everything. Everything was in the car. She's just waiting on me. I don't remember going through Selmer. I wake up and, and we're in Eastview. I don't know if any of y'all know anything about that away, but once you get past Selmer, you hit Eastview. There's one gas station there and it's a Love's truck stop. And we stop there and I wake up, we get gas and back in the car we go. And I was like, we get to Meridian, let me know and I'll drive. She's like, okay. And I look over and she's doing this. I said, if you want to stop at the next gas station, I'll drive. And we stopped. And I immediately plug my phone in and I'm listening to Todd, one of the pastors that I follow that constantly is just an amazing pastor, amazing preacher. And he said, I want to give you three characteristics. And I didn't steal this message. He said, I want to give you three characteristics of people who are in love with Jesus. Because he was preaching on something totally different. And I, he's kind of like me. He's sporadic in the brain. So he may be on one topic for five minutes and on something else for 30. And he said, I want to give you three characteristics. And I did take those three characteristics from him, so I want to give credit where credit's due. Amen? Three characteristics 
of being in love with Jesus. Not just the idea, but being in love with Jesus. Those three characteristics are so simple. You can't get enough. You can't get enough. You can't get enough. And number three, you can't get enough. You're constantly consumed by the, by knowing Him more. You're constantly consumed by wanting a more deeper and intimate relationship with Him. You're constantly consumed with falling more in love with Him every day. We start talking about love and people get nervous. You start talking about being in love and, and people go, oh, that's a little weird. Why? Why is that weird? Because we're in love with so many other things in life. We're in love with books. We're in love with television. We're in love with, with shopping. We're in love with, with eating. We're in love with all of these other things. We, we, we find all of these other things to fall in love with. Why can we not fall in love with Jesus? Well, Tom, everybody's built different. But from what I've read, Dale, in this book, the day we said yes to Jesus and no to the world, he took that heart of stone and He threw it out and gave us a heart of flesh. From what I've read, we're no longer, when you say yes to Jesus and no, no to the world, you ready for this? When you say yes to Jesus and no to the world, you're no longer the same man. The old man is dead and gone. <laughs> it is time that we fall in love with the author, the pioneer, and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12 says what? Though we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness. Y'all, it's all around us. You can walk outside and look at the cornfield. That didn't grow just because. You can look at the sky. That didn't grow just because. Look at these babies for one. They're not here just because. Amen? Y'all will stand with me. Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life, we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at Pastor Tom Crandall at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ. I love you, my friend. All the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. God bless you.